0: Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve White. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. I hope you had a great week with your business. This week, I wanna to talk to you about the topic of permission to portfolio. Permission to portfolio. Yes, I know I'm using the word portfolio as a verb here instead of a noun, but hey, I'm a copywriter. I, I have some literary license to change things. But uh, permission to portfolio, what I'm talking about is uh, getting permission from clients to use the work you do in your portfolio. I got a couple of questions on this from podcast listeners over the past week. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this topic because uh, in, in one of those cases, uh, it was fairly urgent. This person wanted some answers right away. So I thought I'd do a podcast episode on it. Now here is my philosophy when it comes to having permission to use the work you've done for a client as a portfolio sample. And I'm going to warn you in advance, my philosophy is is different than some other copywriters and some other creative professionals out there um but this is just a point of view that i have so i just want to give you that caveat first is that not everyone not everyone is is in agreement with me on this one so here we go i believe that in most cases the permission to use uh the work you've done for a client is implied it's it already exists i think most clients know that when you do creative work for them then you're, you're probably going to use that success, that completed piece, as a sample to portf- in your portfolio. You're, you're probably going to list it online in your online portfolio. You may even show those samples to other clients. Um, and that happens in a lot of different creative industries. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago when we were getting our bathrooms renovated in our house, uh, we had a couple of contractors come by and they had this thick, of uh, portfolio samples of other work that they've done. And they've, you know, the contractors flipped through these books and showed me all the pictures of their completed work. And I remember thinking at the time, they probably didn't go through this formal thing where they went to each client and asked for permission to use these pictures in their portfolio. I doubt they've done that because I think it's implied. And sure enough, I noticed that when one of those contractors that we hired, was finishing our washrooms he was taking pictures and he he did ask if he could take some pictures of it and i'm sure he's using it in his portfolio and that's perfectly okay with me i think in most cases it's implied that you don't need any special permission if you do work for a creative work for a client if you've written a sales page or their website or an email campaign i believe it's already implied you have the right to use that material in your portfolio i think it's understood generally uh, look at it this way: If you're an architect and you've designed a building, you have the right to point to that building and say, "I designed that," even though you don't own the building, even though you 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 uh you were paid to do the work for someone else. You know, you designed it. Um, if you're a wedding cake designer and and you've designed a wedding cake for a private wedding, even though the wedding cake belongs to them and they ate it. <laughs> You still have the right to point to it and say, I did it. In fact, you have a right to take some pictures of it and show it to other people and put it in your portfolio. Everybody seems to understand that. Now, there are a few important caveats here that you need to understand when it comes to this idea that per- that permission to use your work in your portfolio is implied. Um, number one is ghostwriting. If you're doing any kind of ghostwriting for clients, let's say you're writing LinkedIn Pulse articles for your client and you're the ghostwriter but they're publishing it under their own name, or if you've written a book or some other type of ghostwriting where you are where your client is is the author but you're just helping them write it, you're the ghostwriter. Then it's it's inappropriate in that case to use that piece in your portfolio unless you ask permission first because you know, the whole idea of hiring you as a ghostwriter is for you to kind of stay in the background and stay silent, <laughs> okay? So, um, and it can be very embarrassing for your client if they publish published a series of articles on LinkedIn that you helped them write, and then you have those same articles in your portfolio, and you're saying that you wrote them or you wrote them for your client, and it can lead to an awkward, embarrassing situation. So you gotta use your common sense. Uh, when it comes to ghostwriting, Permission is probably not implied. Also, what I call pre-launch marketing communications. Uh, if you're working with a company and you're developing materials for them, that is a pre-launch. In other words, that the marketing hasn't been released publicly yet. Maybe it's a startup company and they're just getting their materials together, or uh, it's a it's a project where you're writing a lot of different pieces, email campaigns, and perhaps ads and a white paper and that. But the launch for this product isn't for uh, several months yet. So that those marketing materials have been created, but they're not in use yet. Then you really can't use those pieces in your portfolio without getting actual permission from your client. And the reason is it's pre-launch. Your client uh, probably is not going to want that marketing material out there yet. It could contain some uh, some secrets. It uh, it could give the competition a competitive advantage. It it signals to the market that you know there's a launch coming. They may, they may want to keep a lot of this stuff secret until the launch. So you really got to be careful if it's if you're writing marketing materials as pre-launch, uh, then you know you you, know, uh, you it, to use that material in your portfolio before it goes public, before everybody sees that material then you're going to need permission. And a third category is, I just used a catch-all category here, and that's otherwise sensitive communications. (laughs) Okay, otherwise sensitive communications. I have a client, for example, who is, uh, because he's in a very competitive niche market, uh, a lot of the marketing he does is offline and behind the scenes because he doesn't want to signal to his competitors what he's doing. So he does a lot of email campaigns. He does a lot of direct mail campaigns, but he doesn't want that out there. So, um, you know, I, I, as soon as he told me that, I realized that, you know, he's pretty sensitive about his marketing. He likes to keep a lot of his marketing, you know, kind of behind closed doors. And if I need, if I want to use any of the stuff I write for him in, in my portfolio, I'm going to have to ask him for permission. So it really comes down to common sense, doesn't it? You know, you gotta you gotta think, you know, is your client going to mind? Most clients won't mind. They most clients already know that you're probably going to use the work you do for them in your portfolio, and that's fine. But in cases of ghostwriting, of pre-launch communications, or other sensitive communications or or other situations where you feel that yeah, there might be a problem, then you need to go to your client and ask for permission to use that in your portfolio. It just makes sense. There's another caveat here too, and that is when you're working with agencies, creative agencies, marketing agencies, content marketing agencies, where you're, working, you're writing for an agency, and then they're the ones who have the actual clients. Okay, In that situation, uh, a lot of agencies have very strict policies about you using work you've done for them in their portfolio. And the reason is obvious, they too have a portfolio, right? Because they're a creative agency. So they don't want a situation where you've written a website for a design agency, for example, and, and the design agency has, has put that website on their web, on their website, on their online portfolio, and you also have that website in your portfolio. You know, it's a, there's a, it's a little awkward there. So, uh, so you know, be careful. You need to talk to your agency clients if you have any and find out what the policy is for using the work you do for them in your portfolio. This is especially true if you're writing for a content marketing agency or a content marketing firm of some kind. Let's say you have a, you're writing for a content marketing firm and, and through them, you're writing a blog for one of their clients. Well, what they don't want, they don't want you to have uh, those blog posts in your portfolio because they want those blog posts in their portfolio, okay? And they they don't want to make it seem like you're doing the writing when it's really them. They, they want people to to uh, understand that it's them doing the actual work and they just brought you in. So again, it creates kind of an awkward situation and the only way to resolve it is to simply talk to your agency client and say, hey, I'd love to use the work I do for you in my portfolio. What's the best way to do that? And sometimes they'll give you some guidelines. Sometimes they'll say, yes, you can use uh, the work in your portfolio so long as you put there somewhere the name of our firm and tell them that the work was done through us. That's a common arrangement, by the way, with marketing agencies, but you need to have that conversation with them. You need to ask. Now, one way to, uh, you know, to deal with this um, a little more up front and to cover yourself a little bit is to actually have a line in your agreement or your quotations or proposals about using your work in your portfolio. It's very simple to do when you do a price quotation and you have some terms and conditions in in that quotation or proposal, you simply have a line in there that says something to the effect of, we may use the completed work in our portfolio. If that is a concern to you, please contact us. You don't have to make it fancy, something really simple like that. Just letting letting the client know uh, when they go over your agreement or proposal or quotation, make sure there's a line in there that says that. And then you're covered. Okay, and if they do have a problem, they can contact you. Now, there is another situation where it's my personal policy to get a to actually contact the client and get permission from them verbally, have a conversation with them, get a permission from them verbally, despite everything that I've told you before. And that is when I'm doing any really heavy marketing, really loud marketing, where I'm Let's say, I've never done this before, but let's say I'm going to place an ad, a full-page ad, in a marketing magazine. And in that ad, I'm going to have pictures of of my portfolio, okay? Pictures of websites I've written or pictures of email campaigns that I've written. Well, you know, a client may have a problem with that. Uh, One of my clients may not want his or her website as part of a big ad <laughs> in a marketing magazine, okay, that's they, they're probably okay with having their a picture of, of, of their website on my on my on my website on my portfolio page, or maybe in a brochure or something like that that I'm giving out to clients, but not so loud as an ad, okay. So anytime you're doing any kind of marketing like that, um, make sure you get uh, a permission first. I know of a uh, freelance uh, designer. actually, she's a freelance designer and copywriter, and she gave me permission to share this story. is she one time a couple of years ago, shared on social media that she had just completed a uh, a website project for a client and and she, you know, she kind of talked about it a little bit and how proud she was of it and how much she enjoyed working with this client. But you know what? The client really had a problem with that. The client contacted her and said, you know what? I really didn't want you to do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to have you work with us on our website, but I really don't want it to be broadcast on social media. it be so loud like that where people are chatting about it. You know, it was just, it's just too loud. <laughs> okay, so again, it comes back to common sense, doesn't it? If you're in a situation where you want to use your work as a sample in your portfolio, use common sense 80% of the time, permission is implied. And you don't really have to ask permission. You can just go ahead and use it. But, it, but all the other caveats I gave, you, I gave you so far in this podcast, keep those in mind. Uh, you want to use your common sense. You don't want to anger your client. You want to be respectful to your client. So the bottom line here is that in most cases, it's okay to use the work you've done in your portfolio. But if you have any doubt at all, Ask your client. So that is this week's podcast. I hope you found that helpful. And would you do me a big favor? If you have any topic ideas, uh, please send them my way. I'd appreciate it. You can reach me at steve at steveslonwhite.com. And you can listen to past episodes of this podcast by subscribing on iTunes. Just do a search for B2B Writing Success. Or you can go to the website at www b2b that's b the number two b writing success.com and you can find all the past episodes right there so that's this week's podcast i hope you found it helpful i'm steve slonwhite and i will be chatting with you next week we hope you enjoyed this edition of b2b writing success with steve slonwhite for more tips on building a thriving b2b writing business visit www.b2b